Okay, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Craig F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is February 26, 2020. Um, uh, Today we're reading from the big book and we're at page 92, the second paragraph that begins, continue to speak of alcoholism. Today's readers are... Uh, Tenzin P. for the steps, Esther F. for the traditions, Leon B. is the, the reader of, this, of the uh, text, Barbara E. will be reading Vision for You, Ginger C. is our backup, and newcomer greeters, Devorah S., and the second hour host is Sandy W. Um, okay, the reference numbers for yesterday, uh, the 25th of February, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 14,170, and for the uh, 10 a.m. Meeting was 14,172. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees, nor um, uh, there are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition, states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Tenzin T to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin T checking in from New York City. And here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Talk to prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. All right. Thanks, Kenzen. Um, Okay, next we'll have uh, Esther F. read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great great day, and I pass. Okay, thank you very much, uh, uh, Esther, and thanks, Tenzin. Um, okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everybody's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 92, the second paragraph that begins, continue to speak of alcoholism. Um, I'm now gonna ask Leon B to begin the reading. Leon? Good morning, Craig. This is Leon B. Gratefully Recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. 
Uh, continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk about the conditions of body and mind which accompany it. Keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. Explain that many are doomed who never realize their predicament. Doctors are rightly loath to tell alcoholic patients the whole story unless it would serve some good purpose. But you may talk to him about the hopelessness of alcoholism because you offer a solution. You will soon have your friend admitting he has many, if not all, of the traits of, of the alcoholic. If his own doctor is willing to tell him that he is alcoholic, so much the better. Even though your protege may not have entirely admitted his condition, he has become very curious to know how you got well. Let him ask you that question, if he will. Tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. He can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. The main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. Um, wow, there's so much in that, and I have just about the whole paragraph highlighted. Um, you know, the, but the first thing that um, came to my mind when, when I read this was, was my own sponsor, um, who happens to be great. Um, he stressed this spiritual feature for me, the spiritual principles and the spiritual way of living. And we, we went through the steps um, fairly quickly, four through nine, and when we got to 10 and 11, we, we spent a, a good amount of time, I mean, just highlighting the, the musts and the shoulds and the imperatives and where it says to pray. And, and then he would make me, at the end of uh, step 10, I had to write out a plan. You know, he was stressing this the spiritual features of this program. You know, you need to write out a plan of what you are going to do when these things pop up, because they will pop up. The selfishness will pop up. Dishonesty, resentment, these things will pop up, and you have to learn how to do these steps. Um, and same thing when it came to step 11, you know, you have to have, he stressed the spiritual feature. You have to have a morning program. What are you going to do when you wake up? And it wasn't something theoretical in my mind. It, it was something that I even looked at it last night to make sure I'm still on track. It was something that I actually wrote out and I had to learn it, you know, because I didn't know it all. I had to go back until it became automatic. And some days it's not automatic. Um, and I will go back to, um, to the step 10 part, even though I had it written out, you know, I am still, well, I am just coming around to sensing or understanding and appreciating giving steps, um, giving a step 10 you know, and, and receiving, but, but reaching out and saying, I need one, and I'm almost two years in program. I'm now understanding this spiritual principle. You know, I've gotten, I'm out of my, my shyness now. I have so much shyness about revealing myself to other people. Um, but now I have no problem with texting to my crew, I need one. You know, I cried on the phone with one of my God Squad members and didn't even know I was, I was going to even let out like that, but I had so much pain in me, and, and he gently hugged me through the phone and gently talked me through that 10th that step. And I'm telling you all, I mean, the spiritual 
the spiritual remedy, the spiritual feature of this life, the spiritual way of life, like it says in this big book, it is not a theory. We must live it. I know my time is up because it talks a lot about power in here too. Just that the main thing is that we is that the that they have to believe in a power greater than themselves, and that's the thesis of this of the book on page forty five. It says that's the precise reason why they wrote this book is to enable us to find the power greater than ourselves. And I pass with that. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Leon. Okay, um, now we're going to take names for people who would like to share. If you've uh, not shared in the last couple of days, I invite you to come forward if you have, maybe uh, ask you to hold back and let uh, other people have a turn. So who would like to share on this paragraph? from Boston. Kim T. All right, I've got Kim G and uh, Katie. Nancy T. Nancy T. Joe. I got Joe and Barbara. Tina F. Tina. I think that's uh, one, two, three, four, five. That's six. We're going to stop with that. So I've got Kim G, uh, Katie, Nancy T, Joe, Barbara, and Tina. So in that order, uh, Kim? Good morning, Craig. Good, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I've been recovered since January 2011, and I love this um, this paragraph. I actually attend an AA meeting. Um, you know, we always end with the promises, but this meeting ends with continue to speak of alcoholism and illness, a fatal malady, and he ends with many people are doomed to never realize their predicament, and he closes the book. Because what is this technique that the big book is talking about? It's problem, problem, problem. Why do we care about 2 through 11 if we don't understand the fatal malady and how we're doomed in step one? You know, I think about how this differs from what a lot of times I see in not just OA, but in many 12-step programs. Don't worry. We're going to love you till you love yourself. Let me give you a hug and keep coming back. I was told when I came in, try six meetings and get comfortable. You know, many beginner meetings talk about amends and inventory and God. And here they're saying, no, 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 it is not cruel to let them know this is a fatal malady and doomed. In fact, it's necessary for them to be opened up to the rest of the steps. But it tells us here, too, that, you know, the doctor may tell them about the hopelessness of alcoholism. Um, yeah, that you may talk to him about hopelessness of alcoholism because you offer a solution. That's why we are each uniquely crafted to be useful to fellow compulsive overeaters. You know, I heard this analogy of this guy that's stuck in a hole, and he's screaming for help. The parents look down at him and say, why the hell did you fall in the hole? Society tells, looks down the hole and goes, oh, suck it up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get yourself out of the hole. Friends will come over and say, oh, how stupid are you for falling in the hole? Psychiatrists might walk by and say, Let me talk, let's talk about why you decided to fall in the hole. And a doctor might just say, why did you get yourself in this hole? But what happens when a fellow alcoholic walks by that hole? They jump in and they look at the person and say, don't worry about it. I've been here. I know the way out of the hole. And that is the power that we have in a 12-step program. But why am I going to be opened up to that message? Because I understand that I have an allergy of the body that's never going to change. 
I love the way it was described in the meeting I went to recently. I have a body that won't drink successfully, and I have a mind that tells me that I can. How am I going to get out of that trap? But until I'm in that trap and I understand that trap is going to make me eat over and over and over and over, I'm not going to be opened up to the rest of the steps. Who cares about God if I still think I have control over this? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, next we have Katie G. followed by Nancy T. Katie? Good morning, this is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic since October of 2015. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe that I don't have to push this on anyone, right? Like, uh, it's just not who I am anymore. Um, people call me and, you know, my darkest secret, right? Sticking my finger down my finger, excuse me, sticking my finger down my throat, up my you-know-what, um, binging and purging, taking laxatives, Ipecac, um, um, you know, throwing up in downtown Northampton um, because I had taken so many laxatives, getting hospitalized, given, given IVs because of the number of, the amount of diuretics I've ever taken. You know, I don't, I don't have to, to look up any special message to share, right? Like my darkest past is a place where newcomers can come and identify in if they have a problem. And if they don't, that's fine. If you don't do these things, no problem. I'm just, I just don't have anything to help you with, you know? And, um, and I do stress God because, you know, by the time I asked someone in whom the problem has been solved to help me, I was so desperate I didn't care. And I think, you know, a lot of times people will call me and they're like, I'm stuck on step two. And I'm like, why? You know, they're, they're writing a want ad for God, right? They're trying to create God. Look, you know, have your own conception of God, but, you know, my God doesn't need me to create him. You know, like, all I knew is that the years and years that I spent in this disease active with anorexia, bulimia, um, exercise bulimia, overeating, all the ways I shattered my body and tortured my family and lived a totally, you know, inadequate life, and then in abstinence, hurting other people, all I knew is that I didn't know how to do it. And I did have some like inherent in me desire to live a good life. I wanted to be a good person. And so, you know, spiritual principles and cleaning up, you know, my way of living, which was lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating, hostage taking affairs, kind of sounded like a good idea. You know, but I, I really love what has been shared so far. You know, when people call me and they're having a step 10 issue or 11 issue or a 2 issue or a 3 issue, I go back to step 1. I go back to step 1 because if I'm desperate, dying, and doomed, if I am fully aware of the exact nature of my malady, whether I'm eating or not, it is a privilege to do the other steps. It is a privilege that I don't want to miss two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, making those amends. It's a privilege. And I, God willing, will continue with that privilege a day at a time. And with that, I do pass. Okay, thank you very much. Um, next, we have uh, Nancy T., followed by Joe, then Barbara, then Tina. Nancy? Thanks, Craig. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Breeder in Lewiston, Idaho. Um, there is so much in this paragraph, as people have already said. But one of the things that it mentions it twice, 
um, and says it a little bit differently in the same paragraph as often the big book does when it wants to stress a point. Right at the beginning it says keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. And then um, later towards the end, it puts it even in the squiggly letters that tells me pay special attention because we paid extra for this back in the 30s. Um, tell me exactly what happened to you. So it wants me to stick to my experience, strength, and hope. If I'm approaching a newcomer and talking with a newcomer and I'm quoting chapter and verse in the big book or uh, um, chapter and verse in some spiritual books that I might use or um, that I've heard about, it's going to sound like the teacher on Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. It's not going to have depth and weight that we know that um, our message has to have. I have to speak from my personal experience so that, like Kim said, they know I've been in the hole and I know a way out. The reason I offer a solution is because I've been there and I've gotten through it. And how did I get through it? I worked the 12 steps. That's the solution I offer is the 12 steps and my willingness to guide them through the 12 steps in the way that I was guided through the 12 steps. So I stick to my personal experience. Now, when I take a sponsee through the big book, I do point out the chapter and verse in the big book that hits these critical points that they understand, especially in step one. It's so critical that they get step one. But I intermix my personal experience with it so that, okay, this is what it says, and this is how I relate to that. And that often opens them up to then talk about how they relate to what it's saying. So they're able to personalize what the big book is saying, the message that the big book is portraying. Because if they can't identify in, then they're not going to have the experience that's so vital to recovery. It says stress the spiritual feature freely. Well, why do I do that? Well, because that's how I recovered is through a spiritual experience. The experience that I offer them is this is how I recovered from this fatal, hopeless disease is through a spiritual experience. And this is what my spiritual experience looks like. But please know that there's all different kinds. And all you need to know is that the way to get the spiritual experience is through working the 12 steps. Um, you know, I love, we don't have to tell them what our conception of God is. Bill said, and um, we learned in Bill's story that Ebby said those critical words that were also in squiggly letters. Why don't you come up with your own conception of God? I love it. If someone had come in and when I came in and told me I had to believe the Catholic faith or I had to believe the Jewish faith or I had to believe the Buddhist faith or I had to believe the Christian faith, you'd have lost me. I can't, they can't, I can't tell them what they have to believe. All the main thing it says at the very end, the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. And I had doubt when I came in this last time even. I said, I don't know that it's going to work. I've tried it before. It just doesn't work, but I'm willing to try. That's all I need is the willingness. And that's all they need is a willingness to believe that there is a higher power and they're not it and I'm not it. But my job is to guide you through the steps in order that you might find that power greater than yourself. Thanks so much for allowing me to share. And with that, I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, next, we have Joe, followed by Barbara and then Tina. Joe? Good morning. Thank you so much, everyone, for your service and your shares. I am basically considering myself an embryo form. I'm Joe M. from Cedar Hills, Utah, a recovering overeater who just started at the beginning of the year, but I've been partaking of these meetings almost every day, and I cannot express the gratitude I feel for those who have successfully conquered 
this great difficulty in our lives. I love the spiritual side of this paragraph. And I'm, I hearken back to one of the specials I heard Laurie talking about his agnosticism, yet recognizing there is a power in the universe, and that power is love, peace, harmony. And I'm gathering from this paragraph today, we don't proselyte, we exemplify and invite. Wherever someone is spiritually, we take them where they're at, we encourage the spiritual side, but we don't push we just say, this is what worked for me. This is not even what I believe, but this is what has helped me to overcome this demon. Uh, there's a big word used in spirituality called repentance, and it means nothing more than turning toward God, whatever that God is for, for the person. You know, the steps are recognizing that we have a problem, feeling sorrow, asking for forgiveness, restituting and abandoning you know whatever it is we're doing that we shouldn't that's what this is and that's what speaks so loudly to me again these italicized words are italicized for a reason tell him exactly what happened to you not tell him what he needs to do stress the spiritual feature freely and we stress uh, at least i can tell and i'm already starting to tell people what's happening to me with this great vision for you group and family again the main thing is that he or she be willing to believe in a power greater than him or herself and that he or she live by spiritual principles i am just exceedingly grateful for this family i now feel part of and thank you all for the shares thank you for your service and i look forward to being in the fraternity and sorority of someone who has overcome uh, a weakness of overeating. And with that, I pass and I thank you. Okay, Joe, thank you. Next we have Barbara, followed by Tina. Then we'll take new names. Good morning, everyone. Barbara here in New Jersey. This is a really important paragraph. And hearkening back to page 44, it says, if you honestly want to stop, in our case, binging or indulging in any of our disruptive food behaviors, and I cannot entirely quit, or when overeating or indulging in the food behaviors, you have little or no control over the amount you take or what you do. You are probably one of us. The big book is clear. We should be portrayed as people who used to have the same addiction but no longer have it. We have recovered, and it is part of our recovery to help someone else who would like our help. On page 14, it goes back in Bill's story and says, My friend, Ebby, had emphasized the absolute necessity of practicing practicing these principles in all my affairs. Otherwise, I may be destined to go back to my compulsive overeating. And I have done this so many times, nine times, failing each time, because I failed to realize the crux of the matter, the puzzling issue, that the main problem centers in my mind. My mind gives myself permission to do things that my rational mind would never do. My mind is a dangerous neighborhood to live in, 
And I have that curious mental twist that sends me back over and over again to the food, not accepting or even thinking about the consequences that will follow, the weight gain, the remorse, the beating myself up, followed by the same thing over and over again, binge after binge after binge. So if, and there are so many ifs in this chapter, if the man be at all interested, tell him exactly what happened to me and stress the spiritual feature if appropriate at that time. And I will know and you will know when that time it is. But the main thing that is if, if he be willing to believe, if he be willing to believe, then he might be able to do this program with up with us. There are many programs out there for many people, but this is a program of recovery that worked for me. And step two and ten had to clear away the gunk, the gunk that was clogging up my my pipes. I had to be able to be willing to open the door just a crack to the possibility that there was a power, not me, and that was hard to give up, the thought that I was not all-powerful. But I am not, and I pass, and I look forward to the rest of the shares. Have a beautiful day. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, next we have Tina, and then we'll take some new names. Tina? Thanks so much, Craig, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, I heard some really good stuff. Grateful to be on the line. And, you know, I love that it talks about that this is an illness, a fatal malady, number one, that I should be sharing with somebody else. Um, you know, and I love that it also says that I talk about me. You know, I share my experience, strength, and hope. And uh, I was at a meeting last night, and we actually talked about um, this, to, to share the spiritual feature freely. You know, because when I first came in here, I did, and, I, and I shared this last night, I didn't come here to get spiritual. Bottom line, I did not. I didn't come here to find God. You know, I came here so the shit would quit happening. You know, and, and what I got was somebody with, in whom the problem had been solved who shared their experience, strength, and hope. And it happened, you know, to uh, include a spiritual um, feature. You know, and I'm glad they said that to me. It wasn't about religion. You know, I came here as a... Um, was not a practicing Catholic anymore, but, you know, I had grown up in religion and it failed utterly for me, you know, bottom line, because it wasn't, you know, it was just about the talk. But, you know, I love that I can come in here and I, and I could tell them exactly what happened to me. And I love that it also was shared that I'm not going to tell you what you need to do. You know, but this is what works for me. I have tried every other way, you know, bottom line. And I think I'll stay because this is the solution that works. And I'm so grateful that the, that the um, reader shared about page 45. You know, it talks about, you know, the main purpose, the main object of this book is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. It doesn't say, will help me. You know, it says, which will solve your problem. You know, and that's why I keep coming back, because I continue to have problems. And the only answer that I have found is a power greater than myself. And it tells me that the main thing is that he'd be willing to believe. doesn't say he has to trust or any of that. Just believe 
that, you know, in a power greater than himself, and that he lived by spiritual principles. You know, a lot of times I leave that out. I say, oh, you know, all you need to do is be willing to believe in a power greater than yourself. And I, and I tend to leave out and live by spiritual principles. But that's what saves me today. I live by spiritual principles. And when not, I, try, I get on track pretty quick because it's very uncomfortable. And I don't want to be that same person I used to be. That's why I work the steps. And that's why I continue to want to have a transformation. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Okay. Thank you, Tina. All right. Now we're ready to take a new list of names. Uh, who, uh, who would like to share on this paragraph that we just read? Rob. Courtney M. Ginger M. Surrey C. Ginger C. I got Ginger and I got Surrey and I and I heard a Rob at the beginning I think yes, and, and there was an, a, a woman a lady at the beginning. Sandra, Sandra N. J. Leslie Sandra M. J. Leslie N. And M. Who was who was that? Leslie Sandra F. S. And there was Stacey somebody J. J. Yeah, Stacy J. J. All right, great. Got you, Sandra. So I've got six or seven there. One, two, three, four, five, six. So let's uh, let's let's go. Rob, you're up. Okay, thanks, uh, Craig. I'm Rob from upstate New York. Um, just wanted to share um, my, uh, I guess my condition was uh, before I came in before I started anything was I was at 403 pounds and, uh, and then I did a lot of stuff and then I ended up finding OA and, but then I gave up and I, uh, did a relapse, got back up to about 383 and, um, then found my way with the help of, uh, of my fiance back to OA. And, um, so I, and I lucked out. I got a great sponsor uh, when I first came in, uh, the second time. And, um, you know, I was always treated with uh, love and dignity and respect. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great program. And, um, I will just say that, uh, where I'm at in the steps is, um, I'm working on step nine and I think I might be halfway through with it, um, maybe maybe more. But uh, one of the things that happens to me when I get into the food is that I um, isolate myself. And um, so, like I heard the previous caller say, you know, their head they get into their head space and it's all twisted, and that that, that happens to me definitely. And um, so, what I could say with this step nine. Uh, where what has happened to me my malady uh was that i isolated but lately i went through with a sponsor and said you know made contact with my family again and um it's uh you know it's a small thing probably to a lot of people but to me it's pretty big and um i just think that if i keep working these steps and um you know, like they said before too, like if I if I keep being willing to believe in that power greater than myself, um, I can continue this way. Um, so I'm just I'm grateful that this meeting is here. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so I couldn't get to face to face today. But uh, I'm just glad that it's here, and I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Rob. Next, we're going to have Leslie, followed by Ginger C., followed by Surrey, then Stacy, then Sandra. So, Leslie? So could you please just tell us where we read today? Yes, we read on page 92, the second paragraph, continue to speak of alcoholism. Thank Go ahead, you. Leslie. Uh, thank you, Craig, for your service. Good morning. My name is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. And the, the part that spoke to me today is tell him exactly what happened to you, um, you know, and that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. You know, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, when I came um, back, um, I mean, I've been in OA for this year, it's 30 years. And I have to say that today I am celebrating two years of abstinence, and it's the most fantastic thing that has ever happened. This recovery um, through the big book has just, um, you know, taken me to the fourth dimension. I'm beyond my wildest dreams. I I really didn't know that it could have happened for me. Um, But it says stress the spiritual feature freely, um, you know, and I had looked at, always looked at OA as a, a weight loss, you know, diet with group support. And this last time when I started two years ago, I knew that it was a spiritual malady that required a spiritual solution. And if I wasn't doing that, if I didn't do, because um, I had recovered before and had gone back to the food because I thought that prayer and meditation was for other people. I didn't think that I had to do it. And so I'm very grateful to have found that um, as I continue my spiritual practices and live by spiritual principles, that my life is entirely different. And, um, you know, I've had some periods of abstinence in the 30 years, but I have never had this neutrality around the food and all the promises that I've been given through this program. So I am always happy to share my experience, strength, and hope. But as we work through, um, been reading uh, these paragraphs in, in step 12, uh, paragraph by paragraph, I realize that there are times when I do too much talking and I need to do some more listening. So it's, it's but this is a paragraph that tells me that I can, you know, I can share it all with the person that I'm speaking to. And, um, and I do that every day as part of, um, you know, the, the footwork that I need to do, the part of my job and living in these steps. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, next, we have Ginger C., followed by Surrey and Stacy. Ginger? Hi, Craig. Good morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado, and thank you for your service this morning. And um, what a power-packed paragraph. And I'm just thinking about, again, every beautiful bite that thank God I ate because finally I came to the point with my food addiction where the pain of eating was greater than the pain of not eating. And that pain is unbelievable. And to be alive today, to be upright, to be breathing, to be awake, you know, I think about my kids and all those days that I was in addiction And if you think that you're close and connected and a part of their world, you're absolutely fooling yourself. Because if I'm an addict and I'm practicing any of them, my focus is that addiction. When am I going to get it? How am I going to get it? Where am I going? And if I'm not eating, I'm thinking about it all the time. And I'm just so grateful because this fatal nature, I just never got it. 
food was always an option. I would never go back to drinking and drugging more because of pride and arrogance of this shiny medallion that was in my pocket. But when pain came in, man, that was an option. I was going to the food until, again, where the food brought me suicide, wanting to go into a car and never leave that garage. No longer able to be on planet Earth because the pain inside was so insurmountable. And no matter how great the wish or the necessity, I could not stop. So I hope the pain, I hope the reality of those bites are convincing you because that's what we have to do, the research. You've got to do every bite that you have to before you're convinced. And finally, I was scared more of food, sugar, than of vodka, than of alcohol, than of heroin and drugs and cocaine. And I'm so grateful because, again, we can avert misery or death. I had no idea my husband was going to put down the fork from watching me and my experience of how he was showing up a day at a time with God leading the way. I don't surrender. It's BS that we surrender. The food, the addiction kicks me so hard that it surrenders me. I finally say I'm done. I give up. I've had enough. Help me. And so anyone who's suffering today, I hope today's pain is convincing you because there is a way out no matter how far down you are, and it's 12 steps followed precisely in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I pass. Okay, Ginger, thank you. Uh, Suri followed by Stacy. Suri? Hi, sorry. Um, Yeah, I'm here. Uh, Sherry C, compulsive overeater. I note I did not say recovered. I am a compulsive overeater, and 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 I'm here. I'm still trudging, and I'm sharing my story because I I just I want to be a team player, and I and I and I'm I'm one of those team players who at the beginning might wear you down, right? But you're sharing your story. You're sharing your strength and hope. I'm hearing such strength and hope on this line. Such honesty, such such humility, such humbleness, such an awareness of where every single person's holding. And I just I have a friend who, you know, had, was absent for a couple of years and she fell back and and I'm I getting you know, trying to help her and she's helping me and just walking this road it's unbelievable that I'm still struggling with step one. A power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. I am a believing person. I am. But I am struggling with something so hard right now, and the food is literally calling me. Just I, I ate my daughter's snacks last night, the ones she said when we bought them in the store. Please, Mommy, these are for me for school. Can you please not touch them? I mean, I mean it's just a stupid snack. And yet, there I was, because I'm in so much pain that it warrants it, but really it's the pain of this addiction. And I know that there's, I know that I'll join, you know, my fellows on the road of happy destiny. I know that I'm on my way, and I'm trudging, and I'm getting there. And I just want to say that listening to all of the pain, but from the angle of hope, from the angle of, 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 resurrection from the angle of of strength and growth is so empowering is so hopeful 
And that's the hope that I cling to right now as I go through so many things and struggle with, you know, juggling way too much. So I just want to thank this team and thank Visions for being here. Uh, I, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for being able to know that I could call into this line and still take one step forward. And this is me claiming my spot. Thank you. I passed. All right. Thank you, Suri. Next we have Stacy J, followed by Sandra S. Stacy. Thanks very much for your service, Craig. This is Stacy J, recovered food addict in Toronto, Canada. Um, there's so much here in this paragraph, and uh, as I read it, I toggle back and forth between uh, how my sponsor worked with me and how I'm um, uh, trying to be of service to the people I'm working with now. I I nearly recovered after um, probably 12 years of relapse, and uh, I have about five and a half months of recovery. And my sponsor shared with me uh, that he worked the steps quickly and in order. And so that's how he took me through it. And it worked for me as well. And it's that simple. (laughs) Um, And I know, I know there's discussion of what willingness is, and I have no idea why this time I was more willing. However, I thought self-knowledge would eventually fix this for me. I think I lingered in my relapse in a period of, A, hoping that I would get this on my own, and I'll show you. I think I had that amount of pride and arrogance and shame, that nice cocktail going on. And I also think I wanted to finally learn enough that I would get this by by self-knowledge. And my sponsor, hearing that from me, shared um, that all that self-knowledge did not work for him. And therefore, and so when I heard that the spiritual work, the spiritual attitude and seeking a connection with a higher power was the thing that gave neutrality with food, I really listened very closely to that. And I mostly felt uh, this person has what I want, so I'm just going to stop um, trying to know better than someone who has what I want and listen. And I will tell you, I'm someone who is extremely skittish about someone trying to convert me to any kind of religious idea. I'm not, I certainly am not an atheist or an agnostic, but I absolutely always wanted freedom to decide for myself what my higher power is. And there was no interference by my sponsor about that. And so when I work with people now, I don't interfere with, with I, I wouldn't anyways, based on my own attitude, but I, I feel such honor that people find their own way to what their higher power is. And I feel incredibly grateful to, to OA for the way in which we can all, with our different spiritual and, and religious backgrounds, seek a solution that, that relieves us of this terrible disease. And, and so this paragraph contains so much of that for me. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful for it. Thank you very much. I'll pass. Okay, thank you very much. And was that San- Stacy or Sandra? Sandra. Stacy, right? Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> I'm Sandra. I'm waiting. <laughs> okay, Sandra, you're up. Go ahead. Uh, good morning to you, Craig, and to my fellows and to those who shared. Thank you all for your service this morning. I just kind of wanted to weigh in on this um, paragraph, I've had the opportunity in group on Monday to 
two newcomers who came to uh, the idea that they were, as I was, an overeater and a sugar addict, and it was just an amazing thing to share and see their eyes light up and for them to realize that there is a solution. And I just wanted this morning to give all the honor and glory to my higher power because it was him that said to me when I was drowning in um, my food uh, addictions that said to my spirit, OA, and uh, I made my way into an OA meeting. But in spending time with him, he just recently said to me, that uh, I didn't say OA as a suggestion, that was a do it. So I'm looking forward to the hope of starting a new meeting in my city. My family homestead is now empty, and I am looking forward to using it to invite people in and that we begin to start OA meetings in another part of town where people who are really sick and who are looking for an answer to better their lives will be able to get there. And so I'm excited about that. And, you know, uh, I will be celebrating my year of abstinence April the 9th. So as I walk towards it, I'm being very trepidatious because food is so baffling and beguiling. It's not something that that you can trust, and my life has changed all the way around. The most important part, though, has been the spiritual experiences, which Larry Kay told me that I would experience one day, and they have just been unbelievable and amazing, and I am so grateful and thankful. And everyone is saying and looking at me and saying, wow, look at you. You look great, but the deal is I don't want to be eye candy. I want to be soul food, okay? I want to give and feed somebody hope, strength, and encouragement in regards to OA. And I want them to know that they can be successful at healing. And success is a tasty dish, uh, but it includes a higher power and working the program and using the tools and having a great sponsor and all of that. But I am so grateful to OA because I did not know. And there were times in my life where I I didn't want to live. I think there were a couple of times that I even tried to take my life. I was so sick of me. And when I heard my baby daughter say to me the other day, she had found an old video that I was in and said, Mom, I just can't believe it. You're really doing it. But I give the power to my higher power, my sponsor, and the group that I'm in here in Oklahoma City. With that, I'm going to pass. Everybody have a blessed day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, we have a little less than five minutes, so I can take a couple more names if we hustle. Who else would like to share? Pete B. Pete? Matt F. All right, I got Pete and Matt. Who who was that, Pam? What was that last name? Matt F. I got Matt. After that, there was a young lady. Courtney M. All right. I'll get it later. Thanks, Clayton. All right, Pete, go ahead. Thanks, Craig. Uh, Pete B., compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, thanks for thanks for calling on me and thanks for your service. 
Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, by the way. Um, anyway, so so this is what I what I dig about this chapter is right. So it's so so the, the conversation is gonna is gonna be about my experience, right? It's gonna be about my the struggles that I've had with this condition. It's gonna be about the fatal nature of the condition, about the mental twist that precedes the first drink, about how that, how I was baffled by that, how I tried all these times to, to, to combat it. And I'm going to, and, and I'm going, and I'm going to start relating with this prospect and we're going to see if they, if they can relate and if they can have this. And, and if, if they are, if they start beginning to sense that they may have the same condition and then they're going to get to, you're going to get to a, a certain point. And it's going to say, let him, I forget where it was. So it said, let him ask the question if he will. Right. So he's going to, he's, he's going to, he's going to hear from you what's going on. And then he's going to ask you, how did you recover? Right. And that's, that's, that's like setting the hook. That's when you know the hook is set. And that's when you can express the spiritual uh, component to this freely. Right. You can let them know that, look, you know, I was beyond human aid. I will never have a mental defense against that first bite, right? I will have the only hope I have. The only hope I have is in by, is is in accessing and gaining uh, and developing a relationship with a power greater the greater than myself, right? We hear it every single day in every meeting we go to that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop compulsively overeating. But guess what? I get lots of people have a desire to stop compulsively overeating. Right. The, you know, it, it's the requirement for membership in Jenny Craig and Nutrisystem. Right. And guess what? All of those systems work. Right. That the, the bare component to losing weight is eat less and move more. Right. It's it's 100 percent successful. The only issue is that the real compulsive overeater doesn't have the ability to eat less and do more. We lack the ability because of this physical and mental components of our disease. And unless the person is buys into the fact that they have this physical and mental condition, well, then they're basically just have a desire to stop being overeating compulsively. And that's why, you know, for me, that's why it, it, it's super important that, that we make sure when we're working with somebody that we distinguish the fact that they are either a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety or they are not, that they are convinced that they are or, or they have sensing that they are beyond human aid. Right. It's not my job. Right. The message is not the message isn't. Hey, guess what? We have a lot of meetings. We have a lot of people in recovery. They help you all the time. Right. You're going to, you know, by accessing this, you're going to lose weight. and You're going to feel better. That's not the message. The message is that this is a fatal, deadly, progressive illness that only gets worse, never better. And if you have it, you are done. Right. And, and hopefully by this conversation, you may get to the conclusion that no, I don't have it. Right, I don't have it, and if you don't, and if, and if the prospect doesn't have it, then what the message is, our hats are off, right? Well, you're welcome to stay, stick around. It might be beneficial, right? But be very, very careful if you're a person that doesn't have the condition that's described in this book. When somebody that does have the condition actually needs help, because you don't have the experience to pass on about somebody who's of the hopeless variety. And I'm so grateful for the recovered individuals that were here when I got here that explained the difference, that helped me understand that I, can't ex- I cannot use any of those substances in any quantity whatsoever that caused the phenomenon of craving. And without help from the God of my understanding, I will always go back to those substances. All right. so, thanks again, Craig. Have a good day.
All right. Thanks, Pete. I'm sorry, Matt, and um, uh, I didn't get that last name very good, Clayton, I think. But I'm sorry, but we're out of time, so we're going to have to move on to the closing. Um, uh, thanks, everybody, that shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning's meeting is 14,174, 14174, uh, for today, February 26, 2020. Uh, we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will uh, Barbara E. please read uh, uh, A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Barbara? It's my honor. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.